Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. I'm concluding my series on fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. This is part three of fruitfulness. And the sub-theme is harvest time. Turn to somebody, tell the person harvest time. Tell the person it's a good time. Hallelujah. We've been made to understand that perfection is a continuous quest. Getting better every day at what we do. Being transformed into the image of Christ. And to be fruitful is to be productive. To be prolific. Or to bring forth many good results. In our first session, we focused on seed time. We said there were three key areas or or seasons in the life of any venture, any plant, any person. And we identified them as seed time, waiting time, and harvest time. And at seed time, we spoke about purposeful preparation... We spoke about sowing the right seed in the right environment. We mentioned that at seed time, a person must have a sense of timing so that you know when to plant. We mentioned that we must appreciate the detailed processes through which God works with us. And we must also learn to sacrifice at seed time. You are beginning a venture. It is not a time for celebration. It is a time to plant. Last week we moved on to waiting time and established four secrets of waiting. The first one was that there are varying gestation periods or maturity periods for each plant. We also mentioned that waiting is like the wilderness. It starts with death and uncertainty. And sometimes when you are waiting, you can't be sure whether the seed will bear fruit. We also mentioned that in waiting time, you need to spend time protecting, caring for, and nurturing the seed. That involves prayer, that involves waiting upon the Lord, that involves standing upon your watch, careful observation, and a number of other aspects of protection, care, and nurturing. The final thing we said last week was that your faith will be tested while you wait because sometimes it will seem that the wait is too long. Today, we want to look at the third and final stage in the life cycle and that is harvest time or reaping time. Let's start by saying that the harvest is the ultimate. That is what we all look out for. That is the glory of the venture. That is the end that we look out for right from the beginning. And it is a season in the life of every venture. In Psalm 1 verse 3, a very familiar scripture or portion of scripture, the Bible says of the man who does walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners, 
or sit in the seat of the scornful, that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The Bible establishes that the person will bring forth its fruit in its season. Now that describes harvest time. That fruit is produced and is produced in a season. When the fruit is produced before the appointed time, it is deemed to be premature not fully formed. And when that happens, the benefit of the fruit is not fully realized. For many of you who have lived in rural communities before, you realize that when the mango tree is there and it is not ripe, the fruits are not ripe or they are not fully formed and it's not time for the harvest, but as a result of impatience, you decide to climb the mango tree, you run the risk of attack by red ants in very uncomfortable places. And as if that were not enough, when you pluck the fruits, you run the risk of it lacerating your tongue, which in the local language means that we'll sing Bethlehem. Now, that is the result of harvesting something prematurely. But when you harvest in a season, it is beautiful. Let's look at a few secrets of the harvest. Secrets of harvest time. The first thing we want to see about the harvest is that it is a destination. A destination or a desire that has been attained a destination or a desire that has been attained for something to qualify as a harvest it must have been sown it must have been conceived it must have been planned or desired or nurtured that is why it is a destination When you travel and you arrive at your destination, you are excited because what you set out to achieve from the beginning has been realized. And so the harvest starts with an expectation. The closest picture you can see of your expectation is the seed you sowed. Earlier on, we read Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. That says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man or a woman soweth, that shall they also reap. That means that at seed time, you set the agenda of what you intend to reap. When you want to reap pineapple, you don't sow guava. The first picture
future of your intended harvest is your seed. And so right at the time of sowing, there is an imagination, a projection in the mind of the farmer of the intended harvest. When the harvest comes, it is a full or final manifestation of something that was sowed, something that was nurtured, that was protected. So technically, the harvest should not be a surprise. Amen. When you sow something and you harvest it, you should not be surprised. Because that was the original objective at the time of sowing. The harvest is rarely a surprise. If you spend time reading, studying the word over and over and over and over and find yourself in a position where you can quote the scriptures left, right, center as they say, it should not be a surprise because that was the intention when you began to sow. When you raise up your children in the fear of the Lord and teach them the scriptures and set a godly example for them, And God blesses your work and your children grow up to be Christian, God-fearing adults. You are not surprised because that was the intention at the beginning. Somebody say, I hear you. The harvest is often not a surprise. Which also means that if the parent consumes volumes of alcohol... And the children begin to experiment. It should not be a surprise. When the parents engage in certain things and the children begin to do it, good measure. Pressed down. Shaking together and running over. Just remember that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. Tell somebody, don't be surprised. God will bless you. Don't be surprised. Because you have been preparing for it for a long time. Order has prepared you. And perfection will complete you. If you know you will not be surprised, you can go ahead and put your hands together. Hallelujah. Little by little, we are taking ground. Every prayer is a powerful weapon. Strongholds come tumbling down. We are building something. Hallelujah. There are different levels of harvest. In Matthew 13 verse 8, it was established that others, describing the various seeds that were sown, others fell on good ground and yielded a crop some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Different things you do will yield different levels of productivity. Different activities in different places will yield different results. Even the Lord Jesus Christ, his miracle ministry was more productive in some places than others. His own hometown did not make the grade because they lacked what it took to appreciate the anointing 
on his life. Let me establish that a bad harvest is possible. An unproductive harvest is possible. In Jeremiah chapter 8 verse 20, you read a huge lamentation. It says, the harvest is past. The summer is ended and we are not saved. The harvest is past. The summer is ended and we are not saved. This can be likened to the window of opportunity of harvest time opening and people taking their blessing and you finding out that the blessing they were taking was not being generated at that time. It was a result of the seeds that were sown at seed time. And so if you sow nothing at seed time and people are harvesting at harvest time, you will see with your eye but you cannot participate. In my university days, I recall they arranging in exams people with different subjects. So second year economics will sit next to final year history and things like that. Just so that they don't collaborate. So I was sitting next to somebody writing his final paper in history. And it was evident that at seed time, he had not sown anything. (laughs) So at harvest time, he was absolutely unprepared. He had no clue what he was doing. And when they put the exam paper in front of him, he looked at the paper and said, "Hmm." Hmm. he just kept making sounds. And then he turned to look at the page one was not good. So he turned to the questions on page two. That one too, it was not good. And he began to make sounds which were indicative of increasing frustration. After a while, the invigilator said, one hour gone. And even at that time, he had not started. He was still pondering over the questions to determine which ones he would choose. Now, when they said one hour gone, he muttered under his breath something directed at the invigilator. When they said two hours gone, meaning one hour more to go, he couldn't handle it anymore. So he said, oh, sir, you are disturbing us. (laughs) At that point, the invigilator walked to him and said, what did you say? Then he wrote minus 10 on the paper. (laughs) Friends, at that point, the guy had written nothing. So when you write minus 10, what are you saying? When you fail to sow at at seed time, harvest time can be a very frustrating season for you. There was a news headline that was very worrying of 56 nursing students who went into an exam room unprepared and then carried their phones under their clothing into the exam room and took pictures of the exam questions and sent it by WhatsApp to a, a, a collaborator outside 
who answered the questions and sent the response by WhatsApp and they were trying to copy the answers and they were caught. And 56 have been sanctioned. They will not write exams for the next two years. The, the, the center has been banned. And, and, and it's a very simple issue. Seed time is for preparation. Harvest time is for harvest. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you are in the seed time of your life, you are laying foundations so that when it gets to harvest time, we don't get caught out like the five virgins who were knocking on the closed door and asking for a second chance. Tell somebody I will sue. Tell the person I will invest. Tell the person I will prepare. Tell the person my tomorrow is better than my today. I will sacrifice. I will deny myself, but tomorrow, check me out. I will harvest in Jesus' name. Celebrate the Lord. The harvest is a destination and a desire attained. The second thing about harvest is that it, it entails risk and often requires increased capacity. The harvest entails some risk. The harvest entails some risk and requires that we increase our capacity. In every progressive venture, in everything that you do, if you don't build capacity to protect your harvest, to receive it, to store it, and to manage it, you are likely to encounter post-harvest losses. The harvest will come all right, but instead of gathering it, you could lose it. Every one of us must understand the principle of protecting your harvest. That is your first responsibility. In the book of Judges chapter 6, we read about Gideon. The angel found him threshing wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. What does it mean? It meant that they would labor, they would work, and then when it got to the harvest time, the marauding bunch of Midianites would just come and just gather the harvest and take it away. All the work done is zero. And so protecting the harvest means understanding the risks that confront your harvest and protecting that which the Lord has blessed you with. The harvest is a blessing from the Lord and the protection is your responsibility. Hallelujah. Everything that God blesses you with, you have a responsibility for protecting it. We learned about two women. Both received children, which is a form of harvest. Seed, nurturing, harvest. Bible says of one that she slept so much that she slept on her child and killed the child. 
That is post-harvest losses. Amen. There is a responsibility laid on us to brood over the chickens God has given us and nurture them till they can grow and they can deal with the hawk. When chickens are small, they don't have the strength to fight the hawk. Hallelujah. Every promotion that God gives you requires increased responsibility and also increased capacity. When you pray and say, Lord, increase me, bless me, promote me, God will do it. But the new position or the new responsibility will require increased capacity. Your work as a head of department in your, in your ministry has different responsibilities from your work as a member. So when you say, Lord, promote me, you are asking for more work. Hallelujah. In the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 16, we see an example of somebody who got a harvest that was very big. He's often referred to as the rich fool. In Luke 12, verse 16 to 18, Bible says, then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Let's all say plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and all my goods. We'll come back to this verse later. This is a man who had enjoyed a great harvest. And at the point of plentiful harvest, he looked at his storeroom, his storehouse, and said, this storehouse cannot contain the mega harvest I received. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where a blessing has come your way and the original place where you normally store the blessing, the new blessing cannot go there. Am I speaking to somebody? Sometimes when God blesses you, the blessing is far bigger than where you normally store it. In fact, some houses are there that when God gives you a certain car, you can't park it there. <laughs> the storehouse cannot contain that blessing. Amen. So he said, what shall I do since the harvest outstrips my storage capacity? He says, I will pull down the bands I have and build bigger bands. Tell somebody bigger capacity. All of us need to appreciate the fact that as God blesses you, you must grow in your capacity to handle the blessing. The skills, the understanding needed to handle a one million business is not the same as the skills used for a a 1,000 CD business. And so as you pray to the Lord to increase you, increase your capacity to contain, to protect, to nurture, 
and to preserve the harvest from destruction. A person can be blessed to the point of confusion. If the harvest comes and you lack capacity, you can make terrible mistakes. Sometimes when you get a harvest that you were expecting, but it comes more than you can handle, or in the unusual situation when a miraculous opening comes your way, like happened to Peter and his friends in Luke chapter 5, you need to think very quickly. In the book of Luke chapter 5, verse 6 and verse 7, Bible describes Peter's experience. Broke, frustrated, he had fished all night and caught nothing. Even his small storehouse was empty. There was no no thought of a bigger storehouse or bigger capacity. Even a small capacity had nothing in it. The Bible says that after Jesus spoke into Peter's life and he said, launch out into the deep, Bible says that when he cast his net, he enclosed a great multitude of fish and his net his capacity began to break. Bible says that at that point, he signaled, he signaled his friends in another boat. And they came and they also filled their boats. And both boats were full and began to sink. Sometimes when you pray and you don't watch, When you pray without watching, God can answer the prayer and you will find yourself unprepared. As you walk with the Lord in accordance with his word, some things God will do will be way beyond your expectation. And so as you pray, also watch. As you pray, also prepare. As you pray, Ask yourself, should the Lord come through? Am I ready to enclose the blessing? Now, the principle Peter used was a principle of collaboration. The principle of synergy. What he was simply saying is that this blessing that is coming, I can call my brother and we can harvest together and I don't lose anything. Indeed, Bible says God filled both boats. That means that if Peter had been selfish, his boat would have been filled alone and he would have come to shore and said, let nobody enjoy this blessing. It's for me alone. And yet, he brought in somebody else and they both benefited and he didn't lose anything. What does it say? Some blessings that God will bring in your life are not for you alone. Let me say it again. Some openings, some blessings, some promotions that God will bring to your life are the opener of the door for others who God has connected to you. 
And the beautiful thing about this is that sometimes at the point of your greatest vulnerability, those people that you help, that you think, oh, you just did it, they come through for you in a beautiful way. Hallelujah. Turn to the person next to you. Tell the person, I need you. Tell the person, you need me. Tell the person, watch me closely. God will bless both of us this year. Hallelujah. Sometimes, harvest time requires going back to think through the whole thing you are doing and asking yourself, am I ready for God? Harvest time is a time for thinking as well. About 20 years ago, I was closely involved in the Kane Rattan business with some folks I used to hang out with and learn from them, just observe them, ask questions and learn from them. And I recall that they had an association of Kane product producers very strong association one day they came together with some sponsorship and traveled to America to go and market their products their samples were gorgeous beautiful samples now when they went they didn't go to the small mom and pop shops they went to the supermarket chains those that have branches, 20,000 branches in the Walmarts, the, the Home Depots. You know those shops that they have a chain in the, every town, every city has branches. Sometimes multiple branches in one town. They went to one of those shops, supermarket chains, and sat in a negotiation. So they had labeled the samples and the manager said, this one is very nice. So let's call it sample 2B. So if we want to put one or at least two, earmark two for every branch, we will need about 40,000. Now, normally when there is a harvest, you are supposed to be happy. Now, when they said 40,000, they were looking at them. So they asked questions further. Ah, didn't you say you were an association can't you come together and use the sample as a standard and produce it and they were still looking at them so they kept asking questions to try and find out why they were not excited about the order eventually they asked them so how many thousands of hectares of cane plantation do you have in your country that was the problem. The cane, it grows in the western region. And people go and cut it and put it on the train. And when it arrives in Accra, the first person to get there buys all and it's finished. The maximum order they've produced in their life is 200. 40,000. Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. It doesn't register. What does it mean? That sometimes you can launch yourself 
into a place and when the door opens, you have overshot your runway. Hallelujah. Begin to build capacity. Build spiritual capacity. Build financial capacity. Build mental capacity. Build skill capacity. Build relational capacity. Relational. Come to church, you don't greet anyone. Then you go home and you come again the next week. Please greet somebody. The third secret of harvest time is joyful reward and temptation. The harvest is a time for joy, but also of temptation. As for joy, we can relate to it. Because Psalm 126 verse 5 says, Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. As long as the sowing was done in tears, the reaping will be done in joy. And so it is a natural progression for one who has sown, invested, done the right things to expect the harvest. Why are they joyful during the harvest? Because the harvest is a time of abundance. At harvest time, suddenly you find yourself having much more than you normally will have. It is a time of rejoicing. The dream you've prayed about, you've cried about it several nights. You wake up one morning and you say, here I am. It's like the guy who had, for 20 years, tried to travel. He had been bounced and bounced and bounced, visa turned down, tried different countries. Finally, he got it. When he traveled and got to the airport, he knelt down and lifted up his two hands. As if to say, I have arrived. Unfortunately, he did it too much. And when he got to immigration, they returned him again. <laughs> Hallelujah. The harvest is a time of joyful reward, but it's also a time of temptation. When the harvest comes, you forget the pain. In John 16, 21, Bible says, a woman, when she's in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. No matter how you suffer, when the harvest comes, you will forget. When you look at the harvest and you look around you, the pain is forgotten, the shame is forgotten, the embarrassment is forgotten, the disappointment is forgotten because you have arrived. The harvest is a time of abundance. But the greater the blessing, the greater the pressure and the temptation. Suddenly, from nowhere, everybody knows you. I recall several years ago when a Nigerian called Rashid Yekini 
was voted African Footballer of the Year. And a poor farmer in the central region of Ghana went to the Daily Graphic and said he is the father of Yekini. And that he didn't look after him when he was a child, but he is the father. Now, the question everybody was asking is that when the young man was poor, struggling to start his career, why didn't you own up that you were the father? Now that he has reached harvest time, you have suddenly remembered a harvest will attract new friends. In Proverbs 19, verse 4 and verse 6, Bible says, wealth makes many friends. The friends who come around you when you suddenly have wealth, you can't guarantee that they are real friends. In verse 6, verse 4 and verse 6, it says, wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from his friend. Verse 6, Many entreat the favor of the nobility, and every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. You start giving gifts. People will surround you and give you titles. One day I was walking around the Nima Highway, and I saw people running after a taxi and cheering. And I was wondering what was happening. Then the taxi drove by and I saw a man waving a white hanky and throwing money out of the window. I asked what had happened. The man had won a court case. He had pursued the case for years. So when he finally won it, he was so happy that he began to throw money out of the window. Now, when a man comes into sudden wealth, he finds himself surrounded by many friends. So people were cheering and following the taxi. Trust me, the moment the money gets finished, they would all disappear. Wealth makes many friends. When you come into your harvest time, there is a temptation to abandon the values that brought you here. The godly values, the hard work, Working through the night, trusting God, praying, coming to the altar, sowing your seed, believing God. When you come into wealth, when you come into blessing, when you experience the harvest, there is a temptation to abandon the same values you pursued that brought you into the blessing. In Proverbs 29 verse 18, the Bible warns that where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. That means that a harvest without a vision is dangerous. Tell the person next to you, a harvest without a vision is dangerous. Tell the person again. When a person comes into a harvest and does not have a vision, they will say, enough is enough. I have suffered to get here. A person with a vision 
will celebrate for a short while and continue pursuing. In the parable of the rich fool that we read earlier on, he started well. He said, my fields have yielded plentifully and my storehouse cannot contain it. Therefore, I will break down my bands and build bigger bands. Up to that point, he was fine. But he began to demonstrate, among other things, a lack of appetite for continued success. A lack of appetite for the pursuit of purpose. A lack of focus on the God who had given him the harvest. There was no new hunger. There was complacency. And so in verse 19 to 21 of Luke chapter 12, he made a very fatal statement. After starting very well about increased capacity, in verse 19, he says, And I will say to my soul, 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 you have many goods. Laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. And God came down and said, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then those things which you have provided, whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Friends, with all your getting in this year, be rich towards God. I said be rich towards God. The more you get blessed, the closer you must draw to God. The natural temptation is that the more you get, the more you think you don't need God. But I'm telling you that the more blessed you get, the closer you must draw to God. Hallelujah. And the God that we serve, if you walk with him in that way and prove that he can trust you, will take you from one level of glory unto another and unto another, and unto another. Hallelujah. Tell somebody closer. Tell the person closer. Tell the person get closer. If there is one thing you want to mark as your key objective, it is to get closer to God. To know him. To walk with him for yourself. Not the God that was described to you. My God in him. Will I trust my God? Hallelujah. The final secret of the harvest is that there is a lot of the harvest. Hallelujah. There is a lot of the harvest. When God blesses you, stick with your first fruits. The harvest is not the end. It is the end, but it is also a beginning. Hallelujah. 
the end of one season is the beginning of another. And so your first duty at harvest time is to honor the Lord. Is to say, without you, I wouldn't be here. Without you, I know my limitations. I know others who started with me and they didn't get here. I know people who boasted that they could do it and they failed woefully. I know my faults. I know the mistakes I made. I know things I did that even when I thought it wouldn't work. Somehow, your mercy and your grace, and if I may add, your gentleness brought me through. I am who I am because you loved me. Once you understand that giving first fruits is not a duty, it is a a blessing and a privilege that you can partner with God for increased blessing and increased success. Hallelujah. You are telling God, I know who you have made me. I know where I could have been, but I am where I am because of you. And therefore you can trust me to be faithful. Because there is a lot of a harvest, it is important to maintain the cycle. The harvest is not permanent. Inside the fruit is a seed. In Genesis 1.11, we find out that inside the fruit is another seed. When you consume all your harvest, you are cutting short the next season. That should be your story. Hallelujah. Keep pushing forward. Keep sowing for the next level. Amen. Finally, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. In our foundational scripture we read, in Isaiah 28, verse 29, it says, This also comes from the Lord of hosts who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. The Bible described how different crops should be sown and how they must be maintained. What to do with what? The coming, the black coming, the felt, and Bible gave a detailed description of how each plant must be cultivated and must be nurtured. And it ended by saying that all this comes from the Lord of hosts. The wisdom, the understanding, the guidance to do it right comes from the Lord of hosts who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. Let's all say together, wonderful in counsel. Let's all say, wonderful counselor. Let's all say, wonderful in counsel. Excellent in guidance. Hallelujah. Bible says all this comes from the Lord. You will sow your seed, but call on the Lord. Hallelujah. You will raise your children in the word, but call on the Lord. You will do your work with diligence, but call on the Lord. You will do everything that is required, 
but call on the Lord. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Hallelujah. Call upon the name of the Lord. In conclusion, Matthew chapter 9 verse 37 and 38. Jesus speaking to his disciples said the harvest truly is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. But sometimes you get to the harvest and you realize that your resources are not enough. Sometimes you do all that is required and you reach harvest time and you know that without the intervention of the Lord of the harvest, it is possible you can lose everything in a day. When you visit the maternity ward, sometimes you look at the person who comes out with their harvest and the person who does not come out and you say there is just a thin difference. It is the Lord. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is the one who gives the blessing. He is the one who watches over your life. As we bring this series to a close, we want to turn our attention to the Lord of the harvest and say, Father, you have brought us through seed time. You've brought us through waiting time. At the time of the harvest, we lift up our eyes unto you because all of our help cometh from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, Always remember, you are blessed indeed. Searching, searching, the light has come.